This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, we're back. The final podcast of the week. I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess it's good and bad. We're not getting any more podcasts this week. I mean, I guess I could if I wanted to. It is within my purview. But uh, on the other hand, you could say we've made it another week. It's good for me. It's been a good week. I keep pressing, pressing hard, getting things done, moving ahead. I'll give you a little update on that in a second. But I want to take a couple of minutes and talk about this fantastic book that I've been reading. And... um, What's the title of it? Do I have it right here? Yeah, The Gift of Failure by Dan Bongino. Now, if you ever heard me talk about Dan Bongino, I'm a fan of Dan Bongino's. Uh, He's about the only other podcast that I would ever listen to. But I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, But it really has nothing to do with Dan Bongino. It just really has to do with... I I don't need to hear... (laughs) I guess, like a lot of people, you know, with the news and the politics. I don't know what to say in that regard. I just haven't been listening. But I call it time. Call it time. Anyway, I'm a fan of Dan Bongino's. I've always liked the guy. I've liked his shtick. And I really like what he does, both from a business perspective, an ethics perspective, and the way he's done it. You know, with the Bongino report, when Drudge went woke, He's got Rumble. I mean, this guy has uh, become a bit of a media king to some degree. I would imagine he's been also locked out, you know, to some degree, which is uh, interesting. You know, maybe from things going uh, the full course that they could if he got a little cooperation. But let's not go down that rabbit hole right now. It's really not important. I'm just saying to you that this guy at every point saw a wall and found out a way to get around it, get over it, right? And it's I think it's uh, admirable. Anyway, I'm not a bootlicker, so I'm just kind of giving you a sense of Dan Bongino. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, seems like a pretty regular guy. You know, I've never seen him get too lofty with his, uh, you know what I mean? Just seems to be a down-to-earth guy. Anyway, I haven't really been paying too close attention, but... Um, buddy of mine gave me a book, this book, Dan Bongino's book, The Gift of Failure. And he said, um, you got to read this. Got to read this. Got to read it. Okay. So uh, I cracked this thing, and the very first line of the book is that he wasn't going to write another book, but then decided to write this book, The Gift of Failure. And he goes on to explain why. And uh, exact same thing with my new book, Victory Over Chaos. If you recall the story, my buddy said, you got to write that down. Nah, I'm not writing any more books. not writing any more books. It's the best thing that I ever did. But anyway, I find the book very intriguing because it's like reading a chapter out of my life. I can't believe how many similarities that I have with Dan Bond. Not the same, but similar. And the path of radio and what he's done and, you know, I haven't been able to move it in the same direction, but there's been a reason for that. We've gone in a different direction, and I think you're going to see that change in the future. But anyway, let me get back to the book is what I really wanted to talk about. 
And the book is, is, is obviously speaking about failure. Why is failure a gift? Well, you know, you learn from your mistake. No, it's not really it. It's not really it. You really have to understand the mindset that the only way that you're getting through uncharted territory, which is anytime you want to go beyond your normal limitations or you want to try something new, anytime you do that, you're going to run into problems. It's just the way it is. So you're going to have these failures along the way that are simply part of the process. Now, look, uh, it doesn't mean that you throw caution to the wind. You know, you don't want to go losing a limb or something like that. Ending a career, hurting your reputation. These are all serious matters that have to be taken into account. But I think the point that Dan Bongino makes in the book, just keep trying. And why don't we try more? What's the answer to that? There's a simple answer to it. You know, he's he's using all these stories about silly things that he did, really, when you look at it. You know, out of money and using a credit card to buy $10,000 worth of podcasting equipment. I was kind of laughing at all. I said, why did you need $10,000 worth of equipment? I could have told you how to get started for 150 bucks. Of course, that was a little different time back then. I don't know. Anyway, it's a fascinating story. But you look at the here's a guy, he's got no job, he's got no money, and He's going to go charge on his credit cards and buy podcasting equipment. It's Looney Tunes, but it worked. It worked. If he wouldn't have tried, you know, um, yeah, that's a, a risky move. But I think um, it goes beyond the risk assessment, and that is that that you have to keep experiencing these things as part of the process of growth, and you have to be able to handle it. Would you like a little failure story? No, I'll tell you that before we get into the podcast content. Let me finish this about the book. I wanted to do a proper, I'm stealing the title. I figured the least I could do is a proper book review, right? So uh, anyway, there's a philosophy there that you really have to dig in a little bit to understand. You know, but but take a look at what Dan Bongino's accomplished, how humble he's been. He's got a beautiful family. Struck me how similar these stories are. Another big sign for me personally that this, this Project Chaos is on track. Um it's an incredible book. I highly recommend it. Easy to read, fun to read. This guy, he's a beast, Dan Bongino, in terms of uh, work ethic. And uh, I was caught on the first line when he talked about not writing another book. But I think that really for success, fulfillment, and if you're not, if you're not trying new things, you're, uh, you're getting stale. When you get stale, you become unhappy called depression, anxiety. You know, if you're, if you're experiencing any of those things, it's like easy cures. I'm not a doctor. You know, if you have a medical issue, go see a doctor. But if you're sitting home and, and you're pacing back and, oh, what should I do? What should I do? you got to learn to get over that. And the only way to do it is jump, man. <laughs> you got to jump. I'll tell you this story real quick. Talking about Failure. So I had part of being in the Marine Corps, you have to be able to repel. You have to be able to repel off of a cliff, forward, backward. You also have to be able to um, do it off a boom. You may be able to do it out of a helicopter. You know, in our unit, we, 
we didn't have the luxury of actual helicopters. So they would have a boom off the cliff. You'd jump off the cliff and then you'd do it from the boom to simulate the helicopter, which is a theme of my service, believe me. These days, it's even worse. They're simulating ships to deploy with. That's another story. Anyway, we had repelled off this tower in boot camp. And I'm not going to give you any measurements because I really don't remember. And I'll just spew out something that's inaccurate. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like the the the, uh, the, the tower in, in uh, Paris Island is 150 feet. But I think they, maybe they said 60. But I think it had to be taller than 60. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, this is a tower there. We repel off it in boot camp. I really had no trouble. I remember being a little nervous up there. But it wasn't really a big deal. Um, suddenly we go to Japan. I'm there like a year and a half later after boot camp, and we're going to be repelling again at Jungle Warfare School. And um, this cliff is measurably higher. And I was like maybe the first jumper or one of the early jumpers. I don't remember. But I remember this. For whatever reason, I get there, and I, I put my heels to the back of that edge of that cliff, and I got my gear on, and the – and the instructor's there about ready to push me off, basically. And um, all of a sudden, talk about anxiety and fear. I literally started physically convulsing and shaking so hard that I slipped and fell off the cliff. I'm not making this up. <laughs> and away I was. And here's what's funny, though. Once I broke the ice on that, we had to do three jumps that day. That was my first jump. I couldn't wait to get to the top. Once, I, and then when, next one, I went tried to see how close I could get to the bottom before I stopped. It was fun, all fear, all mental fear for no reason. Anyway, fear it prevents us from doing so many things we need to be doing. We're afraid to take on too much. We're afraid to look stupid. We're afraid it's going to cost us financial. Afraid, 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 afraid. I don't want to live my life like that. I think the book does a great job speaking to it. Let me give you one more story about failure. Just one more take here for the uh, great book by Dan Bongino. I appreciate my brother giving it to me. Thank you, Dan Bongino, for writing it. Anyway, cover design for my new book, Victory Over Chaos. If you've been listening to me, the radio show's going bonkers. You can get the information at projectchaos.org. Looking at teeing up the book tour. Looks like we've got the first place for that. Very excited about that uh, taking off. Got a bunch of other things going on, website updates, but all this is all hinged on this book being printed. (laughs) I need the book. I can't, you know, invite anybody to the show. I can invite some people, but not anybody meaningful without the book. The book is going to drive everything. So what's the most important part about the book? The content, but the cover is also important. And I had my own favorite photo. We designed it. Good friend of mine said, other people won't know what it is. Through various rounds of redesign, we come up with a mock-up we like. I send it to a, a graphic designer, cover designer, contract basis. Pay for a couple of versions, right? And I'm on a budget with all this. Pay for like two, three, three cover designs, I think, with them. Get it to a happy, done. Everybody loved it. Great. Done. Getting ready to order the book publishing. And at the last minute, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, that's not a New York Times bestselling cover. So I order another design with the publisher. 
I explained to them in the instructions, the imagery and these colors, important, but I just need a little magic on it. So um, they get back to me and they say there's a problem with the images, that they're not high enough quality for printing. And I said, this is a real problem because they don't exist. These are, you know, digitized prints. The film doesn't exist anymore. I mean, there's nothing to do. So they said, well, we can use stock imagery. I said, okay, well, it's the images are the Kuwait oil well fires and an M19 or 8, 155-millimeter howitzer. Okay, great. We get a cover design that comes back, and it looks great. Except <laughs> that it's not anything that resembles a howitzer, and the the red burning sky, you know, the blurry image of the real deal, looked like something out of a um, game, video game, and I was just like, no, you know, we're a lot of money into this cover design, two different designers. I loved everything what they did, but this this these images were a problem. Now I get a third professional involved, a Photoshop expert. And uh, I go to them and I say, here's what I need. Can you do it? Yeah, no problem. I get it back and it looks like garbage. So the M198 howitzer, I was able to get a high res- resolution image that I had to buy. <laughs> this is unbelievable. An actual digital image. Which is fine. It was, and it was actually Marines from Charlie Battery, one twelve uh, at a training exercise. This is perfect. So I buy this image, right, of my own battalion. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, so I get that problem solved. But now I have this 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 skyline, this horizon that's vital to the cover, and um, nothing exists. I found another image that has the same burning skyline. With the sky red, and um, but it's the quality of it. It's all fuzzy. Whatever was going on with that image. What do I do? What do I do? I go and I get an AI video editor. I'm not making this up, you guys. When I tell you I'm using AI, I'm not kidding. I go and I bring my image of the burning sky into AI, and I say, AI, can you help me here? <laughs> I need this image in a higher quality. It took a little work. I had to change the prompts a couple of times. It gave me a couple of different options. And the final one is absolutely perfect. AI was able to finally generate the high-resolution image that I needed. I bring this story up to you for a couple of different reasons. Um, one, to tell you some of the things that AI can do. Now, I don't doubt that a human being could have done what was done there. But without sitting next to the Photoshop expert, there was really no ability to get it done. And to be able to do it myself is much better. And to be able to use many different options that it could create. But here's the main reason that I bring it up. The AI is not really important. However you want to solve your problems, you got to just go, go, go. Believe me, I got. I was searching for images for like six hours. I'm saying I moved. I'm like, I got to get this. Everything is hanging. I got to get this done now. Like we've gone backwards. This needs to move forward. 
before the end of the day I had it done. That commitment. And uh, that's why I think I like the book and I like Dan Bongino, The Gift of Failure. I hope you check it out. It's a great book. Anyway, I want to talk about a couple other things today. Um, Taylor Swift driving right-wing pundits to cheer for San Francisco. I find it funny that the news is so petty and cheap that it's reporting on itself. That the right-wing news people are cheering for San Francisco because they don't like Taylor Swift. Let me just say this. Um, the reason number 9,099, I'm not watching the stinking Super Bowl or football. I, I, I can't handle the drama. You know, they're like, oh, Taylor Swift is here, and the daughters are watching with their dads. And I'm like, is this really what everybody wants? Like, what? you know, everything's got to be everybody joining together now, I guess. Like, it's just like men can't have their own stuff. I, I, I just, I, and not that I have a problem with, you know, watching football with men, women, and, you know, I've done all these things, believe me. But I, I'm not watching football, and I don't feel like I'm being left out <clears throat> because I'm not watching football with my daughter, believe me. No interest at all. And no interest in, I saw a video clip with her music. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Anyway, God bless her. Uh, she seems to have a great career. She's making a ton of money. And, uh, you know, Godspeed, I guess. Uh, I saw this. This should worry every American. Butler County, Ohio Sheriff Richard Jones informs the media that he just recently came back from a conference in Washington, D.C. with FBI Director, Director Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray has been quoted as saying it's not a matter of if... But when we have a terror attack, sheriff stated there are more red flags with illegals coming into the United States than even before 9-11. Biden and Harris are allegedly refusing to meet with sheriff and police chief associations to work together to secure the southern border. Joe Biden doesn't care if there's a a, uh, terrorist attack. You know, listen, here's what he does. They're going to blow something up or whatever's going to happen, and Joe Biden's going to come on there. We're going to, there's going to be payback at the time and place of our choosing. And uh, and Joe will be on the news, and, uh, you know, his campaign will take a nice surge. And this is not a time for switching presidents. If Trump were in office, blah, 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 blah. You, I, they'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Um, <clears throat> this is interesting. The special counsel, Robert Hur, says that the evidence uh, President Biden willfully retained disclosed and disclosed classified materials, but he will not be charged. Isn't that convenient? The Chinese dude saying that Biden's innocent won't be charged even. They say he's guilty, but he won't be charged. And that's something. Huh. I never would have thought, would you? It's almost like there's no justice at all, really. It's just like almost like Biden can do whatever he wants. He knows how to hire the right people. That's what he knows how to do. Um, United's crackdown on flight attendant behavior. I was looking at this. So United Airlines, I guess, they made it a rule that flight attendants can't be on their phones when they're on the planes. And uh, I guess they have Wi-Fi where they can check these things. And uh, 
I saw the memo they put out, and they say, you know, no more phones on the airplanes, up to and leading to, um, you know, firing, you know, it's serious crime, check your phone. And, um, I, I don't like when employers act like that, quite frankly. Um, you know, people are, should be free to be people. Now, on the other hand, I got to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I get pretty plainly annoyed when you're supposed to be getting service to service, and uh, somebody's on their phone. I, I, I'll be right with you. How do I know what you're doing? You could be texting your elderly mother. You could be on Facebook. How do I know? I don't know, but these cell phones have made everybody nuts. They really have. Really not. What about if Google Glasses or something? Could the flight attendant have that? Or she's checking Facebook with her glasses and you don't even know it? I don't know. What a crazy world. I don't know why I brought it up. Dantesk region pounded by 2,500 Russian strikes daily. I have this out of order. Let me put it in order. Are FPVs game-changing tank killers? This is a Forbes story. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this because this is very interesting to me. I saw the photographs. I read through the article. And these are basically tank-killing drones, all right? And they now have them that they can do underwater as well, powered by all kinds of things. And uh, does anybody know, what's the navigation systems in these things? Is it GPS? So, (laughs) how does that get shut down? (laughs) I'm going to tell you, this drone thing is pretty freaky. The um, capabilities, I mean, this thing is so simple. All it was is like a projectile, obviously some kind of fused detonation. But you have no gunpowder because you don't need to... You know, the drone takes the drone is the gunpowder. And these things are taking out tanks. They claim, this is in Forbes now, that they've taken out 1,600 Soviet tanks. That's a lot of hardware. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a minute. That being said, how do we know? How do we know? And, you know, with Russia maybe having trouble, and you say, how much... How much Western help are they really getting with us in terms of the drones? So, these drone brigades, sounds like the United States is doing it as well in, in testing, testing this. You know, I, I talked about this a little bit on the radio show, how uh, air superiority really changed our uh, our ability to move and, and be effective. Now you introduce drones and think, man, so many things that we did are just going to be completely um, impossible to carry out if, if the opposing force has a drone force. Crazy, really, to think about. Really could uh, completely upset the balance of power in the world. I don't know what's necessarily stopping uh, China from building massive fleets of drones. Maybe they already are. I don't know. But according to this Forbes, what they had to say here, far more effective than I realized and if our adversaries have them, and I believe they do, it's really problematic. I mean, they just took out a Russian ship. That means they can take out American ships. Um, eBay could be on the hook for $2 billion in fines. Um, the Justice Department crackdown against eBay for selling illegal devices that defeat pollution controls on motor vehicles. (laughs) 
listen to this. eBay is accused of selling or offered for sale 343,000 aftermarket devices that bypass pollution controls and significantly increase pollution emissions. $2 billion fine, $5,000 for each offense. The culprits install a tampering device to pump more diesel into a vehicle's engine than it can handle, leading, leading it to spew out sooty black clouds of exhaust that pollute the air. Yeah, they've made the, the regulations on uh, diesel equipment and trucks so ridiculous that, that you can't operate legally, and they're doing it on purpose. Let me mention this, interesting, speaking of uh, travel and such. Chinese EV, EV sellers found a loophole to export cars around the world. I didn't get into what the loophole is, but I hope so. They have these little trucks. I keep talking about this. You know, why does every car <clears throat> have to be $100,000 now? I know not every car is $100,000, but why can't we have a $10,000 car? It makes no sense to me. I just want a little plain stripped-down pickup truck. Puts around my, my property with. Wouldn't even mind if it was electric, quite frankly. I know some of you aren't going to be happy about that. What are you going to do? Anyway, uh, there's more to this than meets the eye. Not just vehicle regulations for the sake of vehicle regulations. All this is tied in with DOT standards in our insurance industry. The amount of money that goes into travel every year is huge. When you consider the um, implications of every accident, all the health uh, expenses that have to be paid. And all this is tied in with certain standards and liability assessments. It's all been very well figured out. But it's time for a change, man. There's no reason why we can't have smaller, less expensive vehicles on the road. I'm sure somebody give you a million reasons why not. Where's the environmentalists? Why aren't they talking about it? Wouldn't it be better to make it more affordable so everybody could be environmentally friendly? No, they want it to just to be special. Here we go again. Perkyoman Valley School Board to decide if controversial bathroom policy should be reversed. Ironically, this will be the school district where I'll launch my book tour if things go according to plan. And here they are again debating which bathrooms the children should use. Maybe they should do a test like that school that I mentioned the other day. Put the tampons in the boys' bathroom and see what happens to them. See how long it lasts. Maybe about 20 minutes like it did in the first case. I can't believe that with everything going on in the world today, all the demands on parents, families, and children, all the problems that we have, the challenges that we face, and this is the thing that time and energy is being wasted on. And a lot of emotion. And it's confusing to the kids. Oh, you went to that school? Hey, what was going on when you graduated? Uh, They were trying to figure out, you know, if the girls should use the boys' bathroom or vice versa. It's vice versa. It's really ridiculous when you think about it. Completely ridiculous. Anyway, uh, yeah, the world's still going crazy. You want to talk about the election? Talk about what? Uh, Trump and the Supreme Court? What? Biden trying to start World War III? Oh, yeah, it's all still going in the same direction. Never-ending wars. Thank goodness uh, there seems to be some blocking on the funding end, which I said is the only way this nonsense would stop. It's just the the, the federal government has just become nothing more than a money-printing press, completely corrupted. You got people tripping over themselves to get down to the, the 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 business end of it, collect some of that easy government money, and it's just destroying everything. Really, this this uh, so-called progressive left, this so-called uh, liberal democracy, that the, the vision that they've built is a disaster. Who's happy with it? 
Who's happy? Tell me. Nobody really. How could you be? So let's hope. I saw uh, it was a joke. They were asking Putin, you know, who will be president. Oh, it will be Donald Trump. (laughs) Um, It was a a parody kind of thing. But um, I don't know. You know, I I see that uh, Trump's going to have challenges naturally. Um, I do think it's time for a huge shakeup to just get some different people in and and bring some decency to our government, some accountability. How is it that Trump has a document and they ready to tear down his house and run him into jail? They would have taken him right to jail if they could have. Remember what it was Biden? What a big deal! And how can you? He was on sixty minutes. <clears throat> how irresponsible! And here he is doing the same thing. And this Chinese dude lets him off, and everybody's like, oh, okay, okay, it's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. It's not okay at all. What a disaster. And people sit around and accept it, and we're supposed to take it. Well, I say it's time to disrupt things a little bit. It's time to turn things. It's like Mayor Adams said, not the part where he said about all the chocolate, about turning over the tables. And I think it's time we turn over the tables on people like him, too. Big phony. Look at all this chocolate. All right. Well, we're going to bring in some vanilla and some common sense along with it. And people that actually care about the good of other people and the good of the country. Whatever happened to that being a ver- basic virtue, you know, caring for the common good? Is that what? I care about the co- How's he going to say? Because he's a liberal Democrat, so he cares about the common good. Bunk. He's going to stand there and say, look at all this chocolate. It's the mayor of New York City. All blacks in the room, not a single white person. Nobody thinks that's racist. Nobody thinks that's wrong. That's not even the issue. God bless them. How can you blame them, really? How can you blame them that all the white people just stay out? Don't even try to get in the room. Don't even want to be part of it. Maybe he's right. I don't know. Hey, that's it for today. Don't forget to check out my website, projectchaos.org. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. I sure hope to see you there. Make it a great day.